0: Um, so, my name's Mark. I'm part of the communications team for the Vineyard Movement. And uh, we are going to do a fun and practical overlook at stories, um, and why we tell stories, the importance of stories, how do you start and how do you maintain a culture of stories, um, and what we mean by stories. So, um, I'm joined by Becky Hemming, who is the Movement's Stories, stories Editor. Her role is to capture and tell the stories from the movement, and we tell two stories per week um, right now. One short form, which is a social media-only story, and one long form, which is on the website, which is either a video or a longer uh, written story. So that's her role. She'll be with us soon. And Naomi, who also works on the comms team, and her job is social media, digital, web, design, um, and plays a big role in how we tell and craft the stories. So. That's who you'll be hearing from today. Um, We're going to start by sharing our favorite stories, okay? And so we love stories. And so this is part of what we do. We are always looking for stories. Just five minutes ago, we had a person walk in. I said, we've got this story we'd love to tell you. It's about how we joined the vineyard, and it happened through this and this. And we captured it, and we're planning to retell it. So we're always on the hunt for stories. Um, and this story, which I'm going to tell, is a story from um, uh, DTI Nano, which is one of the smaller youth events we do regionally around the movement and there was a uh, a young person there and they captured what was happening through their phone they posted it onto snapchat they shared it and her friend responded and said that sounds amazing Um, and she said can I come to something like that soon? It looks awesome. And so she invited her to go to the DTI summer um, I'm gathering, sorry, not the, summer one, the, the spring one that we did uh, this last year. Um, she turned up. She w- was there in worship. She put her hands up into the air, and she felt the presence of God, had no idea what it was. Her friends explained it. She gives her life to Jesus, and all because a friend posted something on Snapchat, which is amazing. Um, and so we love those uh, stories. Uh, Becky, have you got a, a story you want to tell? Yeah. yeah
1: always got a story to tell. <laughs> um, I'd like to tell you a little bit more um, about the story that you saw on film yesterday during John Wright's talk. It's the story of Neil and Jenny um, from my home, home church, Winchester Vineyard, um, who, and uh, Neil and Jenny, who about a year ago felt God speaking to them about moving to an independent living retirement complex before they felt ready. Um, they were obedient to God's voice, and several months ago, they moved into this new complex in Winchester. Um, and when they did, they recognized that several of the residents hadn't been to church, um, and they um, ended up starting a service, as you heard about in the video. Um, and since then, it's been really well attended. Of the 52 flats in the, in the um, complex, over 20 residents attend each month. Um, and they sing um, hymns, they read the Bible, and they're just community together. Um, Neil and Jenny have also started a small group, um, and they often chat about what they can do for others um, as a group. Um, despite their physical limitations. I love the fact that recently they sent a card of encouragement to their care manager um, and discussed what to write, and everyone signed it. Um, It's fun, isn't it? Um the stories um, from Neil and Jenny have been incredible. They've been able to lead people to faith um, through the retirement living complex. And we just love this story. And I thought I'd tell you why we, why we decided to tell it at a movement level. Um, we shared it in an article to start with on the website and across our social media channels. Um, and then we filmed it a few weeks ago to show at NLC. And we decided it'd be a great story to tell because it's a story of incredible risk. Neil and Jenny felt God speak to them and they got to action. They uprooted their whole lives and they moved to the complex. We just love to celebrate risks. Whether they paid off or they didn't, we just love to celebrate risks. Neil and Jenny's story is incredibly real and it's really authentic. It's a personal story of following God's voice and how this leads us to lay down our lives and our own plans. It's so important to share personal stories um, because it's what people connect with, isn't it? And we saw this morning in ministry, the night after showing um, Neil and Jenny's film, that God met so many people from the older generation. Neil and Jenny's story showed that we never retire from ministry, or we never retire from being obedient to the voice of God. And really practically, because it was so personal, we decided we wanted Neil and Jenny to tell it. it wouldn't have had quite the same effect um, if somebody just shared it and sh- stood up and shared it on their behalf. Um, and so, because they couldn't be at NLC, um, we pre-recorded the video and we thought that was best. Um, and it also means the video, we can share across social media um, or in different Sunday services if they want to. I'd like to invite Naomi to share us her favourite story.
2: Thank
1: you. So, mine
2: is a healing story um, from Causeway Coast Vineyard from last summer, where a lady was suffering from angina, which I'm not a medic, but I hear that it is chest pain caused by um, a lack of blood flow to your heart. Um, so, she was due in to have this procedure and was feeling quite nervous about this. And so a week before, she was at church on the Sunday and went forward just for prayer um, to calm her nerves. And, you know, in faith, why not? Let's pray for healing. But that day, the ministry team were children. Um, So she had these kids come up and pray with her. Um, They prayed for total healing. Um, And then when she went to the doctor to have this procedure carried out, the doctor turned to her and said, why were you booked in for this in the first place? There's absolutely nothing wrong with your heart. Your heart is healthier than mine. Um, So there was literally no sign of the angina anymore. It was completely gone. God had healed her. And what I love about that story, obviously it's amazing whenever we hear of someone getting healed and the breakthrough that they have that transforms their lives, but also the fact that God used those children. And it just... It kind of sums up that phrase that we all know and love in the vineyard of everybody gets to play, whether we're old, whether we're young. We just heard about um, some of the older folk. And I love that not only did it transform her life, but for those kids to grow up knowing, A, Jesus is real, B, he heals people. And three, they get to partner with that, and they get to see it for themselves. And that is amazing. And not only that, but I bet the doctor was impacted by that. I've not been able to explain. I, I have no idea why that happened, but it did, and... Yeah, who knows what God's doing in that person's life as well. So we just love the repercussions of it's not just about that one story. It's about the impact that that has. um, And that's what we want to talk about today. So Becky, do you want to come back up?
1: Great. So I thought we'd first start about the why. Why? Why do we tell stories and why are stories important in our movement? Well, first and foremost, we share stories because God is at work and in recognizing and sharing this, we give him the honor and the glory he deserves. When someone gives their yes to Jesus, when God performs a miracle, perhaps we see someone healed, maybe someone's taken a risk and stepped out in faith, sharing a prophetic word or offering to pray with someone in the supermarket, why would we not want to share as happens? Why would we not want to point the honor and the glory back to Jesus? When we share stories, we celebrate what God has done and what God is doing. Isn't that wonderful? I could stop there, couldn't I? Um, But the incredible thing is that stories release so much more. In the vineyard, we are people who are seeking to live laterally supernatural lives. And so sharing stories plays a huge part in that. Stories encourage us and they remind us that we're part of a bigger family. Sometimes pressing into God in our own context can feel isolating. And so hearing what God is doing in other places reminds us that we're not alone. Even if we're not seeing breakthrough in our own life or community, we can celebrate that God is real, alive, and at work, as we can hear from the stories in different places. You know, in the Bible, we read incredible stories of the Holy Spirit at work in power in the book of Acts. But these stories were never meant to be, the, were only supposed to be, be the beginning they were never intended to be the high watermark, but instead fuel us in a hunger for more. Jesus himself said, we read in John 14, 12, um, whoever believes in me will do even greater things than these. And so when we hear stories of miracles and where God is at work, they increase our faith level and they remind us what's possible. They point us back to remember the incredible things God has done in our lives and in the lives of those who have gone before us. And they push us forward to press in to press in for our own miracle moments, our own stories of God breaking in. You know, stories inspire us. When we hear stories of others taking risk and seeing God at work in our everyday lives, it spurs us on to do the same. When we hear about initiatives and events local churches have been running, it encourages us to think outside the box and dream big in our own context. Stories are an incredibly powerful tool because stories stay with us. People forget about vision and values. They forget about sermon and announcements, I'm sorry to tell you. (laughs) To be honest, most of you will probably have forgotten what I've said by the end of today, and if I'm lucky, by the end of NLC. But you'll remember the stories that we told. And so if we learn to harness the tool of stories in our local churches, it could be transformational. Because one story of life transformed leads to the next transformed life. So I thought I'd have a quick look in the Bible. Where are stories in the Bible? And the truth is, like, the Bible is a story, isn't it? And it's full of stories. We just have to look at the Gospels to see that Jesus' life is marked by stories. He spoke in parables for a start. He tells us stories about a father and his sons. He tells us stories about money, about sowing seeds, about buried treasure, about banquets and servants and building houses. Jesus explained the kingdom through weaving these stories with his teachings. Doing this broke down barriers, it revealed the truth of the kingdom, and it made the kingdom accessible, offering an invitation to everyone. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is actually in the Old Testament. It's about King Josiah. And we read in 2 Kings chapter 22 about King Josiah, who brought a whole nation back to his original identity in a moment, largely through the recovering and the preserving of a story. Josiah was aged just eight when he stepped into the position as king, And he had a mess to clean up. The kings that had gone before Josiah, his grandfather and his father, had moved far from God's plan. Idols were worshipped and the temple had been neglected. But Josiah's name means the Lord heals. Josiah's roots of faith came from his ancestor, King David, who established a godly kingdom, even though the subsequent kings had moved away from God's plan. And so Josiah chose to follow in King David's footsteps and made some wise choices. First of which was a cleanup of the temple. And this cleanup led to the discovery of the book of the law, which was crafted by Moses. It was a book that all kings were supposed to be in possession of. And you know, Josiah grieved when he read the book of the law. He realized just how far the people had wandered from God's plan. But the incredible thing is, Josiah had a responsive and a humble heart. He treated this revelation as an invitation to step in. He gathered his people and he read the book word for word to them. And then he got to action. He confronted the evil practices and he cleared the idols and the pagan symbols from the temple. I just love this story. I love how remembering and reading a story from generations before led to the transformation of a nation with King Josiah. Isn't that incredible? And so we understand that stories are important because they glorify God. They encourage us, they inspire us, they push us into hunger for more. But where do we go about finding these stories? How do we go about gathering these stories? To do this, we need to create a culture of storytelling in our local churches. But how do we go about doing that? (laughs) So culture is something that we can affect and influence. As leaders in this room, um, our churches and our ministries, um, we are chief culture carriers. And so if a culture of storytelling isn't in us, it's never going to be in the people that we lead. And in order to create culture, we need to put certain structures in place that take us where we want to go. So we need to start with our leaders and our teams. We need to prioritize regular spaces when we're with them to share stories about what God is doing. I'm currently based at Causeway Coast Vineyard. I've been there for just over the past year and on the north coast of Ireland. Um, And making space looks intentional. Um, It looks like at all our staff meetings, our monthly staff breakfast, which with with our whole team of about 50 or 60 people, um, we spend half an hour telling stories. And this isn't ordered or structured, this is just an opportunity for anybody to share how they've been pressing in in their own lives, how they've been leading people to faith, whether they've taken risks and stepped out in faith. What are the spaces that you could make to tell stories in your own context? Could this look like making space in leaders' meetings or training events? Or with your pastoral team, or your office staff. It's a great opportunity when we come together to celebrate what we've been pressing into individually. And as you start to make space in these gatherings or meetings, we need to be asking leaders for asking for and gathering stories in their own environments. And we can see it just starts filtering down. And as we start to do this regularly, people start to come up with an expectation and a hunger to hear these stories. And so we start to shape the culture. Um, one helpful thing to consider um, as stories start coming in is about how we can gather more and catalogue these stories. So it can be really helpful practically to develop an effective means to gather these stories by perhaps asking on a Sunday or perhaps having a social media and um, asking on social media or perhaps we have in the vineyard um, for the movement, we just have an email, stories at vcuki.com where people can just um, can email in their stories and that can be a really way to help gather them. And then perhaps you want a blog or a part of the website or somewhere in the building that can be dedicated to stories. Um, we want to know people want to know where they can turn to, for a place of encouragement. And so we pop all, like Mark said, we put all our stories on the website so that people know that they can go to, go to there and um, for it, that it's a place of real encouragement. And so when we start to gather and catalogue these stories, we can figure out who and where they are coming from, and this will help us to figure out where we can best share them. And so one last point from me, often we're great at telling stories about what God is doing inside the four walls of our church. We can gather stories from there quite easily just by chatting to people in our different meetings. But the truth is that there's even greater favor beyond our gatherings. John Wimber says the meat is on the street. And so in order to gather these stories of of, um, people experiencing God's love and coming to know Jesus, we need to actually be doing this stuff. We need to be doing kingdom ministry in our everyday to learn to lean into God's whispers and promptings and take risks when we're out and about. And there's loads of helpful tools to do this. Perhaps you've heard of Jesus at the door or healing on the streets. Perhaps you've heard of treasure hunting or the miracle question. We have loads of helpful resources on the website if, um, if that's something that you'd like to press into. It's worth remembering that the story isn't our goal. The goal is um, that the people around us would encounter Jesus and would know his love. We don't just want to be story chasers. So I've chatted about how we gather stories. Um, and once um, we've gathered them, we need to tell them to the whole church. Um, this will require so much more intentionality and careful thought because we are spreading it to more people. And so I'd love to invite Naomi to come and share a little bit about that. Amazing. So I'm guessing that most people in the
2: room, well, all of us will be leaders being at the leaders conference. And so you're probably finding yourselves in rooms and conversations where perhaps you are hearing the stories. Um, Maybe you are a ministry leader and you know exactly what's going on in the kids ministry because you know all of those people. But how do we get that further? How does everybody else get to hear the stories too? Um, And so if we're trying to build a culture of stories in our churches, then we need to know how to tell them and not just gather them. If we want to shape culture, then we need to celebrate what we want to replicate. I'll say that again, if we want to shape culture, then we need to celebrate what we want to replicate. When we share and celebrate stories of what God is doing, we are saying that this is the vision for our church being realized, and we want to see more of it. So I'm at Vineyard Church Cardiff, And one story that I just want to share with you of replication, of how we celebrated it and saw it multiply, um, was a couple of years ago in our church, we were in a season um, going through the book of Joshua. And so it was a real season of courage for our church. But we didn't want to just hear about um, how to be courageous. We wanted to actually go and do the stuff. So we started this campaign called A Thousand Acts of Courage, where essentially throughout this sermon series, which was about two months, we had collectively across the church to get a 1,000 acts of courage in the bank. And this was for everyone to play. It wasn't just for those that are super courageous. But we were all stepping out, and we were all invited to take part. Um, Now, this took a long time to catch on because people set the bar this high. And you think, oh, what's, what's really courageous? Oh, it's going up and praying for a stranger that they would get healed. And I could never do that because I'm an introvert and I hate talking to people. Um, and so people found that really hard to get on board with. Um, but we we were sharing these in in a, a multitude of ways. We had a Facebook group where people were um, writing in the, the things that they were doing, however big or small that was. We were also sharing stories from the front of church on a Sunday. Um, and we kept reminding The church that it wasn't about how big or small these things were. It was for you. Is that an act of courage? For you, did that take courage to step out and do it? And so, as we began to see more and more stories come in of the smaller things of maybe I spoke to my next door neighbour and rather than just saying hello, I asked her how she was doing. Um, I offered to pray for her. All these things that we can we can look at and be like, oh, that's so small, but it's attainable, isn't it? If you hear that and you're like, oh okay, well, I could do that. I could maybe be interruptible one day. And then we begin to step into this and we push into more and more. So as people began to share more stories of maybe the smaller things, then we saw more flooding in and flooding in. And we got to a 1,000 Acts of Courage as a church, which was amazing. Um, and really, we didn't, we didn't want this to just be a season. Um, we wanted this to be changing the culture we wanted to kick start something in our church that would carry on Um, and so we have seen amazing fruit from that last year we saw more than 100 people come to faith we this this month alone we saw 30 people give their lives to Jesus in a prison all because we have started to step out and it just it just starts with with those small things and then as we do this more and we see more fruit we believe oh actually I can take part in that Um, and so this wasn't a season but a lifestyle for us and what's amazing is that as we began to share this on on social media we had other churches want to get involved Um, and so we saw Birmingham Vineyard started A Thousand Acts of Courage, they did that in their context, we then saw A Hundred Acts of Courage in Harrogate because it worked in their context but it's just amazing how when we begin to share these it catches and yeah it's all of that caught not taught stuff isn't it? So yes, how do we tell the stories? If you're in church communications, you might have heard this language before. Um, But generally, there's a rule of four Ms um, that help us every time we decide we want to communicate something. So in this instance, it would be storytelling. Um, So one, message, which story are you telling? Two is markets, who is your audience? Three is media, how are you actually going to share the story? And then four is moment. When is the right time to share? So we'll start with message. What is it that you have to say? So Becky wonderfully talked about how we can begin to gather them. So let's take our pool of stories that we've, we've now gathered. We have a catalogue and we can't wait to share them with the rest of the church. But how do we know which one to share in any given moment? We want to be careful that we're not just sharing stories for stories' sake. So we need to ask ourselves... What is the purpose of this story? What, what do we want the outcome to be from sharing it? Are you hoping to inspire your leaders? Are you asking a group of people to take a step of faith? Are you asking your church to give financially to a giving campaign that's coming up? Are you wanting to celebrate the miraculous and inviting the church to take more risks? Are you inviting visitors into your church? Once you figure out your desired outcome, You then ask yourself, okay, what story do I know that I have on my catalogue that works in this context, that has integrity, that is authentic, and will achieve the desired outcome? So authenticity, this is really, really important when telling stories. We need to be truthful and we don't ever want to exaggerate or miscommunicate something when we're real we are being authentic and authentic stories are accessible for people just as i was sharing with the A 1000 acts of courage once once the the bar wasn't super high because people exaggerate and it's really easy to do that isn't it because we want we want to build people people's expectations but actually we then begin to set a bar that's too high and then people f- disqualify themselves so we need to make sure we're being really authentic in what we share Next one is integrity. So to ensure that our stories are being shared with integrity, it can be really helpful for us to be able to verify those. Um, and so perhaps it, it's worth putting a ver- verification process in place in your churches, um, which could simply be a list of helpful questions to go through every time that you hear a story. So does this sound like a move of God? Is the person that stories come from, um, are they reliable and trustworthy? Can we speak to the, th- that person that was directly involved and get the story from their mouth? Is that person prone to exaggeration and maybe being overdramatic? Um, and then finally, is there proof for what's happened? So this one's really good with healing stories. We love healing stories, but we love to be able to verify them. So um, do they have x-rays or maybe doctor's notes that confirm what they say to be true? Um, so that when people come and ask, oh, yeah, but how do you know that really happened? We want to be able to to share that with confidence that it, that it did happen. And, um, yeah, Becky's going to share a little later about how you can stay in touch with us as a stories team. Um, and we actually have some resources that we can pass on to you, one of these being an example verification process. So if that's something that you would like, then um, you can get in touch later and we can get that to you. So listen up in a bit. Yeah. Um, Okay, so next one on message is recent stories. We want to be telling stories um, in recent months, recent times. If you were in the interview earlier with Debbie Wright and the panel, you would have heard her asking them, um, why don't you inspire us with a a story that's happened really recently? And what was amazing in that is that we heard a story from literally this morning and yesterday, um, which is incredible because it, it encouraged us encourages us that god is on the move today Um, he's he's at move right now and we can step into that Um, and yeah we want to we want to be pushing in to seeing the kingdom come now Uh, we love we have amazing stories from the past and we love to tell those but we don't want to live in the past we don't want to thrive off of that we want to see it now today and step into that um, I don't know who was here at NLC last year, but we had a, a call to worship video, which was about "I See a Cloud," um, and it wrecked me because it was amazing. It was talking about the revivals of of the past, and which was amazing and inspiring. But the last line it said, "That's all great and that's all fine, but what about now? Could this be the time?" And I was just gone because that that is exactly what we want to be seeing, like. We want to stir people up for the now. We, we love the stories of the past, but could it be now? Um, okay, so next one is market. Who is your audience? You may have heard this one before, but if you aim for everybody, you will reach nobody. So we have to filter that down. Different environments will call for different stories, so we need to identify who's actually going to hear this. Is this going to be shared in a regular church service? Is it going to be a service where maybe you've got lots of visitors or people that don't go to church? Is it a leaders meeting? Is it a specific ministry event, perhaps an alpha course? Is it going to be on the church website? Is it on social media? We need to figure out those questions first. Because knowing your audience helps us to hone what the story should be and sound like. And what it is that people need to hear. For example, a story that you want to inspire your leaders with at a leaders' meeting is probably not one you'd share on the first Live and Alpha course. It might freak them out. So, yeah, that's a quick one on market. The next one is media. So once you know, A, what the story is going to be, and B, the right environment for it, we then have to figure out, okay, how do we actually share this? It's important to remember that not everybody likes to hear things the way that you do. We tend to surround ourselves with people like us, don't we? And so if you, you were to ask your friends, um, okay, how do you like to receive communication? It's likely that they would have the same answer as you, um, but actually this doesn't mean the rest of your church will, or even those outside of your church. Um, so we need to really pay attention to that, and it might mean that then there are loads of different ways of telling the same story, and that's okay. Um, so. There are yeah, countless ways that we can share. Um, that could be shared on a, on a Sunday morning, maybe as an interview, maybe as a testimony, maybe as part of a Sunday um, talk. It could be live where you get the person up to, to speak about it. Maybe it's pre-recorded and it comes up on a film like we've seen here. Um, it could be shared on social media channels. It might be on the website. As we say, we have articles, we have videos, um, we have podcasts it It could be a combination of all of those, but we need to be thinking about how can this be effectively shared in an authentic way? Sometimes it is most effective if the person that the story belongs to is the one that shares it, but maybe they're not that confident, maybe they're an, an over-sharer, and perhaps it's not the best thing to get them up the front, and then they take up the entire service with their story. So if that is the case, then it's asking, OK, how could we... This is a great story, and we want to share it, but maybe that's not the best. OK, so maybe you take them and you you film it, and then you can edit it out and, you know, <laughs> save them. Um, maybe it's that a seasoned leader is a, a better person to share it. Maybe then... that that's going to open up and something will be available in the room and then they can deal with the repercussions of that. And I said before that we don't want to be telling stories just for the sake of telling stories. So whatever media you're using, we need to just remember the why. Why am I telling this story? What value is it that I'm wanting to emphasize? Where is it going to be shared? Because this affects how you then script it and word it. We need to remember to include any context that might be necessary and explanation, particularly if it's going to those that don't know Jesus. We don't want to use crazy jargon. At the same time, we don't want to waffle on. Um, yeah, so we want to remain as, as concise as possible. Telling of a story can also be linked to further things. So maybe that's tri- further training or event promotion. Um, for example, in the movement, when we Mark said earlier that we share two stories a week, and we never just tell a story to tell a story. We always call for action. And so, whether there is if it's a healing story, we then link it to the five-step healing model, so that somebody can see it and be like, "Okay, great, but how do I do that?" Well, we pointed them directly. You can do this too, um, which is yeah, it's so helpful for people. And okay, maybe there's another story of. Um, leading someone to faith, but you're like, I've never done that before. How do I lead someone to faith? We'll then link them to an article that takes people through those steps so that we can equip people at the same time to go and do the stuff. Ultimately, we want these stories to be spurring people on to see their own stories of the kingdom breaking through in their lives. We don't want them to just stay as stories, but to act as inspiration and a springboard for the next story to come. OK, so the next one is moment. How do we share these? Um, and I'm going to pass over to Mark.
0: Wasn't that helpful? I was like, wow, these guys are really good at what they do. I was, <laughs> like, I was like, I think I've hired people who are better at this than me. But they are amazing, aren't they? That was so good. Um, so church comms comes down to three things with church comms you're always trying to do three things you're trying to inspire invite and form so it's inspiration invitation and information with everything that you push out through church comms that's what you're trying to do with stories you're flowing through inspiration and invitation okay so stories transform lives so did you see the response we had uh this morning when we showed the Legacy film uh, with Carol, Bob and Penny, and then what the Holy Spirit did, how um, like, kind of the, the, the pain and the calling and the uh, stepping into what's next, it was absolutely inspiring what Jesus did. And I was just blown away, like it was a one hour film and their story of what's happened over the last 30, 40 years um, transformed something, like it, it changed hearts. People who don't know that story, like those who do know it transformed it. Because the story of One Transformed Lives, it kind of ushers in the change for for transformation in another person. And so we're always trying to tell stories that you don't forget, tell stories that are memorable. Uh, Stories that don't have a punch rarely travel that far. Okay, so we don't hype up things. Um, We want stories that are authentic. However, we want stories that people will never forget. So the story about the kids in, um, in St. Andrew's Chorley Wood and what they did there, and how they messed up the, the church there, with all the praying and the Holy Spirit mess. It's a wonderful, but we won't forget it. We're like, oh, do you remember that time that they told that story? Like, and it inspires us. We're like, you know what? When the Holy Spirit breaks in, it's carnage, and that's great. Like, all oh, heaven breaks loose, and we love it. So it's not forgettable. But also, we know that Jesus told stories. Um, he, Explain the kingdom. He had a beautiful way of explaining the kingdom through stories, through parables. He made the kingdom um, accessible to people who might not have known the kingdom was for them or might not have known what the kingdom was. Stories reveal truth, and truth leads to transformation. Stories show that the kingdom is near. And so we're doing all these things. You know, the kingdom is now, It's not yet as well. But also there are times that the kingdom breaks in and it's now. And we want to share that because we want to celebrate it because you reproduce what you celebrate, which is wonderful. And we recognize that God has a better story for so many of us and for people who are not yet there. And so stories explain what the Father is doing right here in your church, in your city, in your town, in your small group. Stories shape seasons in churches so we tell stories that sit into the moment of the vision that you're trying to realize okay so it might be that you're pressing into this time of acts of courage and so when you're telling stories that reinforce this you push into a season and the season is where god's taking you as a church and that's just really it's encouraging for your church when they see vision being realized we tell stories that bring momentum for that moment. So think around, uh, maybe you've got baptisms, which are happening in six weeks' time. Think about what are the stories that you've got from people who have chosen to follow Jesus, who were then baptized? What's their story? Could you tell that far enough in advance that those who might recognize themselves in their story go, I need to get baptized? So tell stories far enough in advance so people recognize themselves in that story. And then, once you've told it, work out what the tools are that you need. So you share the baptism story, you say we're having a baptism in six weeks, then what are you gonna do next? Have you got a sign-up sheet, a link, a flyer, a team floating around with baptism t-shirts? All these sorts of things. So we're looking at rhythm and momentum, like how can you tell a story for a season that leads to momentum in your church? We're looking for seasonal events. So uh, we are already, Uh, capturing stories from Christmas just gone, ready to tell the Christmas ones next year. People who came to church for the first time over Christmas uh, that we can tell in November, that would inspire people to invite people to their Christmas services. So you're always thinking like, how can we use stories to push into what we're doing as a church, okay? Then what do you need to put into people's hands? Once you've told the story, once you've um, inspired the church, What are you going to give them? So you told a story about a person who came to faith. They came along to a kind of alpha um, launch. They did the course. They gave their life to Jesus. Uh, The whole family gave their lives to Jesus. Uh, They were transformed. We all have those stories. But then it's like, why don't you as a church invite people to this next course? Here's flyers. And so don't just tell the story to invite, to inspire people. Tell a story to invite people into what's next. So having flyers, things like that, ready. Make sure your website's ready. Make sure the flyers are ready, your sign-up sheets. All of these things, have these things lined up so that when you inspire people, they've got something to do with the inspiration. Because otherwise, you're just building up that, that's amazing, and nothing happens. So it's amazing, and I want to play my part in what's next. Okay? Because we're kingdom chasers, not story chasers. Okay? So we seek first the kingdom. Oh, my God, we pursue it. We live it, we capture it, we tell it. And so that's what we're trying to do through these stories. Filter them through your values and filter them through your vision. So if you have a story and it doesn't sit in line with what your church is, like you know that lane that Jesus has said, this is your lane, run in this lane, and you've got a story that's going in that direction, that's not helpful for your church so you need something. If you are standing at the front of church and saying, this is who we are, this is who God has called us to, and we're going that way, and then you tell a story that goes that way, that's not helpful. That's confusing. So just filter it through your own vision, your values, the seasons, um, the seasons of the church, what you feel God is calling you to as a church, and then gather those stories, pursue it, live it, capture it, tell it. Okay? How are we doing? It's a lot, isn't it? Um, A lot goes into being intentional around stories. And it's not because we want to um, make it bigger than it really is, but we think through these things because it matters. It really matters that we do justice to what Jesus is doing in our churches, in our towns, cities. I think it might be really helpful if we take some questions. You might have some questions. Why don't you guys come and join me? Who's got a question around stories? Yeah. How do, you, how do you make the stories accessible? So if you're telling a healing story, mm. how do you make it so it's not too far away from, mm. from an individual to think? Okay, so the question was, how do you make stories accessible so it's not too far away from what people might understand? Um, We've put quite a lot of thought into this, and so we're always trying to make sure that the language we use is helpful to those who might not necessarily understand what we're talking about. So, especially when we're talking about words of knowledge, prophecy, we're very careful around those sorts of things. That um, we're explaining not just to the movement or to our churches, but we're explaining to people new to those um, those environments what those things are. So, we're not doing it at a level which is too basic, childlike, but we're doing it at a um, I'm at a level that's quite helpful for people to kind of understand. And it's not complex, because sometimes you don't have that much time. So you're trying to make it easy for people to read through and kind of understand. So always kind of, it was Wimber, wasn't it, who said, put the cookies on a low shelf. Um, Like, make the cookies available that everyone can reach them. And that's what we're trying to do with stories. It's not, we've got a story that if you've got a PhD, you're going to love. You know, we're we're like, you know what? this is what Jesus has done and we want you all to get it. You know, So um, it's worth thinking through language and having language that's consistent with your church's language. Like we use uh, certain phrases, patterns and rhythms of language um, nationally as a movement and then we reuse those during the, the stories. Again, it's our vision, it's our values, we're just reinforcing those things.
2: I think it's also important to tell the failure stories. Um, it was again with this authenticity of when I was talking earlier about this The thousand acts of courage sometimes those things didn't end up in somebody getting healed but that person still stepped out and it's bringing that bar down for people it's not just we're only going to share it if it's a success it's we're going to celebrate the risk taking we're going to celebrate the stepping out and again that comes into your vision if, if what you're trying to push into is courage then we've got to be sharing all of these different things. And also with the movement, we we said that we share one short and one longer story. Um, The short one tends to be a small thing, and the longer one maybe is those things that is bigger and it's more out there, and perhaps we've we've got an amazing interview that we can have with somebody. But we have a whole spectrum of things that we want to be celebrating, and no matter how big or small that is, I think it's important that we that we share all of that so that somebody in your congregation can sit there and be like, that's me, I can do that. Um, And then as we step out in these smaller things, then we get more confident in it.
1: It can be really helpful sometimes to bring people along on the journey. And so sometimes um, a story we'll tell over a little while, especially maybe in a Sunday context. Um, But also it can be really great to wait. We don't always need to rush telling stories. And so sometimes waiting and seeing what happens and seeing if we can gather proof, um, it's a real tension between wanting to share right then and there what is happening, because we want to tell current stories, but actually um, you just have to weigh up and say, look, this could make so much more impact if we waited a month until the next doctor's appointment and they could um, prove with the scans or the results. And so really it's just a case of um, whichever... You have to weigh up and see. Um, so sometimes it's great to bring people on on the journey with that, um, and maybe you can share and reshare over several weeks on a Sunday. Or perhaps it's better to wait, and then you know that story. And um, when they do come back with clear scans or whatever, can have an incredible impact. Yes, so at, um Causeway Coast Vineyard, we are really intentional about what stories we tell, because if they're on social media, anybody could see them. So we tend to stay away from stories about people coming to faith, because although that is wonderful for us um, as Christians, when people come and join the family, um, they don't really make sense to people that don't know Jesus. So telling um, healing stories, and when we can back up in proof, they are our most successful stories that are shared. But also um, sharing stories that lead to something more. And so sharing if we do end up sharing a story to faith, it will always be because the person has had their lives transformed. Um, sharing stories where people have come into family, um, and just it, sharing stories that mean that lives have been transformed. So often we'll share hearing, healing stories, and um, often the stories that we do share are really short, and so they can be shared and reshared. Does that answer your question? please send me the whole story. Send me any story you can. If you guys this is just, if you guys have got stories of what God is doing at church, if you've got stories of life transformed, if you've got stories of people being healed or people coming to faith, please do email me at stories at vcuki.org.uk. See, it's on the board behind me. Um, I'd love um, for you to pass on anything and everything, and then we work out where we... Sometimes we use those internally, sometimes we push that on social media, and we'll always come back to you and check for permissions and stuff. But, yeah, send me anything your way. Um, but also, if you'd like to stay connected into us um, as a Stories Tribe, this I've been doing this job since June, and it's really exciting getting more people on board. So if you'd like things like our verification process, if you'd like to stay in touch, um, just email your name and say that you'd like to be in that... Group. So email your name to stories and I'll pick you up in the next few weeks um, and just stay connected to us because we just love to have people that are passionate about telling stories um, all over the UK and Ireland. That's really exciting. So I'd love to connect with you further. We're just very clear, so if we've got a story in, so for my job, if I get a story from um, some, somewhere um, that that's, shares a story about someone, often we won't use their name, but we'll always have gone back to them um, and checked. So can we share this? And been really specific. So can we share this on the website and on social media for Vineyard Churches? Um, and so that's what we do. We just always go back and check. We've had in the past we've had instances where just miscommunications have just been difficult. And so we always make sure, even if it seems obvious that they're giving it to us for the purpose that we can share it, we always go back um, and check that with them. Um, and also practically so for example at the movement I'm around so when people were getting healed this morning it was wonderful, I was going around and trying to gather some stories of what was happening in the room and I always ask them then and there um, "Do you? can I have permission to share this on social media and things and we have um, forms that we can fill out and people can sign for that so just trying to get it then and there if you can but if not always just going back to the person because it's so worth waiting an extra week just to make sure we've got total permission, we don't want to share something other people can't yeah really sadly we have had to we've had we've had some incredible stories I had one a few weeks ago but really sadly because the child is adopted and um, it's an amazing story but we just don't want to risk it and so we're always really careful about that um so where we can we'll change names or we'll not disclose location but we just want to stay well clear of that if we can't tell the story for security reasons or whatever we just we won't tell it
2: can i quickly add something on that as well i think sometimes you if you ask for permission i've had this before where the person has immediately said no um, because it's really recent and really raw for them But it's an amazing story. There's no harm in asking them a month down the line whether they're ready for that to to go up because I've had that um, in our church context as well and it's a story that might be okay to share with in like a staff meeting but you just can't do it on a Sunday um, because that person feels too vulnerable in that moment. But a month down the line they're like, okay, I'm ready for that now. So um, don't be disheartened as well. Was there another question over here?
0: Yeah, so the question was around um, passing on uh, third-party stories and how do you tell those? And um, we always try and get the stakeholder to give the p- permission. We always try to speak to the stakeholder. So I mean, even where it's been a senior pastor who's passed on a story, um, when it gets third-hand, you get into Chinese whispers and you lose the detail of what actually happened. And so it's best to speak to the person, to who it happened to, Um, you can get the facts straight, uh, you have it verified, and then you can tell it knowing that you are, um, that the authenticity of what you're doing is as best as it possibly can be. Whereas when you go, oh, that sounds like a great story, and then you just tell it, uh, the the chances are you've got a few of the facts wrong, and we wanna do justice to the stories, we wanna give the glory to God, and the best way that we can do that is to make sure that we are telling the story of what actually happened, not what we think might have happened. Okay, is that helpful? Great. Uh, yeah, no? Um, you talked about putting
1: stories on film. Everyone has a camera now. Have you got any tips on
0: capturing stories on film uh, so that they work well? Uh, okay, a question around capturing uh, stories on film because everyone's got a camera these days on their phone. Or, um, okay, so if you're capturing something on your phone or camera, um, there's a few like, basics. Uh, lighting, have lighting in front of you. Um, ho- hopefully lighting to left and right, maybe behind. Uh, don't have a person up against a wall because the lighting doesn't quite work. Um, try and find like, a, a quiet place where you can capture it. Not a busy church room, uh, not when there's people kind of, uh, bustling around. When you show it on a Sunday or um, uh, through social media, you'd be surprised at the amount of background sound that you really pick up. Um, There's easy ways to kind of edit uh, things that you shoot on phones these days, Uh, things like iMovie, Um, it's very simple, there's probably a thousand ways that you can do it. Um, So you don't necessarily need the skills but where you have the skills I would invest in people who are pursuing uh, time in film and want to make things happen because they will get better and better and better. And the better films that you can get from them, the easier the story is to uh, share and the wider the reach it will get. So there's no harm in starting with the um, barrier low, uh, but try and increase that so that bar goes up. So don't start with an amazing film and then go back to a phone. (laughs) Start with a phone and work up. Do you have anything else?
1: Yes. When you're chatting to someone and you're inviting them to tell your story, something that can be really helpful if they're really nervous, especially in about sharing it, is just... Um, get them to know where they're starting, what their first line is and where they're ending. Otherwise it can turn into a whole ramble and then you never really know how to close and then it's really difficult to edit because you don't know what, what, where they're ending or what, what you need to include. Um, so if they can come primed, um, come ready to, um, to share and just say if you know where you're, where you're landing, the last sentence, and that can be really helpful um, in helping to form what they're saying.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the question around would you go back to your neighbor, um, it very much depends on the journey that neighbor's on. Um, So what you don't want to do is tell their story and disrupt their journey, or you don't want them to think that you might just be interested in them so that you can tell the story. However, it might be that the conversation is like um, it flows into that they are happy for their story to be shared, but it's... It's not the goal. So we're not trying to chase that story I'm at risk of a person who might be journeying to Jesus. However, through their journey to Jesus, they might want to tell their story. So that's, and I think that's also part of the baptism process that when people get to baptism, part, part of that is sharing their, their story. So sometimes, like Becky said earlier, it's fine to wait, like waiting is okay. Um, we love recent stories, but also we'd rather wait for at uh, the right time for that person to, to tell their story. So, okay, we've probably got time for one more question. Um, how, for a local church, how so we develop stories at whatever local church, what is a uh, good ways to encourage people to send us your stories? Okay, so how do you encourage people to, sen- to send in stories? And this is part of like, how do you have a culture of storytelling? you cannot just tell people once that you want their stories and then wonder why you haven't had stories. Mm -hmm. It's like all the time, every week, when you share stories, like we did this morning when Debbie shared some stories, then she said, send in your stories, and then we had, what, four people come to the back, share their, their stories. So when you share a story, you then always follow up with, we'd love to hear your stories of what God's doing, I mean, your workplace, your home life, how is transforming your life those lives around you and you're always pushing those out so whenever you share a story we probably on 75 percent of our stories have a line at the bottom please send us your story so part of this culture is um we don't expect people to just think hmm, i should send in that story because they're living that story but we'd love to um, inspire people by sharing the story that they're living Um, and so it's It's repeating that over and over again. Send it in, send it in, send it in. And the more stories that you tell, the more stories people send in. So I think we've had, how many stories do you think we've had today? 20. 20 stories, I'd say, and we're just pushing it over and over and over again.
1: They're only the ones
0: that we know about. There's tons more that are happening in the room that we're just trying to get people to come and tell us about. Um, We would love to, well, we've got some of those. Do you want to?
2: Um, if you you might still have a lot of questions. Um, if nothing else goes in today, get this book. <laughs> Mark Crosby, our very own Mark Crosby, wrote this book, and it's about communicating church in a digital culture. So some more of the questions around social media and how do we effectively share these things um, with those beyond our church walls and our church family and things like that. Um, it's so 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 helpful um it helped form a lot of this talk um and it's yeah he's a man of a lot of wisdom and so if anyone in church comes, or anyone that's at all involved in church ministry it's a really really helpful tool everything that we do is communication um whether that's just talking to our neighbors our friends whether it's speaking from the front at church whether it's on social media so yes we really really recommend this book
0: um, so we've got a stack of these we'd love to give to um some of you um because we've got there's a lot of you and not many books um but um, is it okay if we pray for you? Can you stand up way We'd love to just bless you guys in what you're doing in your local church in your context, so why don't you put out your hands? just ready to receive come Holy Spirit. We love your presence. Would you come and fill up all of these people here and as they prepare to serve the church in all their various ways that they would be equipped and released, and ready to make an impact in their town, city, village, region, county. Holy Spirit, would you give them the knowledge and the wisdom that they need to tell the stories of what you're doing, stories that would inspire a city, stories that would transform a neighborhood. Stories that would awaken families, stories that would change lives, soften hearts, Just receive. It's just imparting dreams, visions, words, messages, thoughts, ideas. Just take time to let those percolate. And so we bless you. We bless you in all that you do. That you would go back to your churches filled in the power of the Spirit. that this would be one step into uh, a culture of storytelling that would help to shift something in your church. Oh, man. Well, guys, thank you for coming. We appreciate it. We value all that you do in your church. Uh, we'll be floating around for a bit. There's a pile of books over here somewhere. Help yourself to those um, and drop us an email if we can help in any way. Thank you.